You're listening to the Bathtub Refinishing Podcast. Powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. We discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators, and give tips to business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Bathtub Refinishing Podcast. Um, as you can see, first thing you're going to notice, different venue. So we're at the Cigar Room in Zephyr Hills. Uh, kind enough to let us go ahead and use their spot. Let me turn the music down here. Um, and uh, special guests, of course, Danny from Alliance Bath. His right wife is here as well. And uh, we have Carlos from A-Kings Renovation. Jonathan. Gilbert, which is uh, Jonathan's business partner, and we work together with Bathtub Guys of Tampa as well. So, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a different vibe for the show. We're, we're doing it off, you know, regular location, and we got some really cool guests here. Uh, also, Ruben is going to be joining us later from uh, Surface Pro Refinishing. ATL. Yeah, he's coming down here. So, Shout out, Ruben. Danny flew over here. So, thank you, Danny. Thank you guys for making the trip. Yeah. And Big hey, deal for us. Thank you, Gilbert. And we had to do it big, so we have the cigars ready to go, drinking, hanging out. So uh, we got the bourbon. Yeah, we got the pasteles. I know. There's a food truck out here, so if you're ever in the area in the Zephyr Hills, Florida area, Tampa area, uh, they have a food truck right here next to the venue too. So it's it's been cool. It's fire. Um, so Danny. Yes, sir. How are you, bro? Man, I'm good, man. Good. Life is good. Uh, different changes, but we're making it, right? We're breathing, right? Stumbling a little bit, just like everybody. Reconstruction mode, mm -hmm. but Alliance is killing it right now, man. And we talked to that a little bit off camera. We are having some really good conversation. They probably could have been on camera, but we'll touch base on it a little bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, not, hey, not all of it. Though. Not all of it, not all of it. But I, I think it's interesting, you know, even at, for some people listening out there that might think like, you know, they, they have to contemplate these kinds of restructures sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's good to know that, you know, someone even who's very successful like yourself, sometimes you got to do it and you got to, like you said, throw the grenade in there and just make the change. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I just feel like, um, you know, that's something that, that's valuable for people out there to hear because we've been going through a similar thing. Um, you know, we didn't talk about his situation as much, but it's kind of similar, where it's like, uh, he has his core guys, right? But some of the other ones might not necessarily be, uh, you know, necessary all the time. Yeah. So what, what was the, like, the final decision making that, like, we just have to bite the bullet and make the full change? Good question, man. Good question. So since the last time we met, we, as a business, we got together and we realized there was things that we were doing, I think, wrong. Okay. Lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Business-wise. Mm -hmm. So my wife, Michelle, came up with the solution, and I thought it was the greatest solution. We, we literally, literally had to get a grenade and just throw it in the bunker and just blow it up. We had to, we had to start from scratch, man. And um, right now, Alliance Bath is in the middle of reconstruction mode, right? Rebuilding, mm -hmm. re restructuring everything that we did from day one. Now, 
from the way we're dealing with technicians, customers, internally, admin, um, mainly technicians, right? It, we were working a little bit backwards, right? Mm -hmm. Something that worked years ago but wasn't working now. I got you. Right? So ultimately, I'll let Michelle answer this, but we had to we had to do something that was going to get us out of a hole. Because I think that I think what we what we were doing initially it was we were digging a hole for ourselves, a hole that we were probably not going to be able to get out of. Okay. I mean, essentially, I think he answered the right way. I mean, I think, like he said, things from years ago that were working for many businesses. I think, like mm -hmm. that's kind of what your situation is right now too. Um, it was just for us internally in the office, payroll was getting higher, mm -hmm. but the dividends weren't coming in was ultimately the final decision. And um, it just became to a point where you want to be a great company, you want to do right by your employees, but it was starting to do wrong by the owners, yeah. where the owners weren't getting paid anymore and the owners were sacrificing more than what we should. And... There was a lot of greed on the other end. So, costing. yeah, it was costing us. Da dangerous trajectory, pretty mm -hmm. much. I, I see what you're saying. So, you know, that's one of the things where I, thankfully, I recognized it a little bit early on, on our end. Because our, our operation's a little different. Obviously, you guys have a, a bigger scale. Yeah. But it's like I tell Jonathan, the same problems present themselves. It's just Everywhere. the size, Everywhere. you know? Yeah. You know, he's having the issue. And it's funny because when we talk about it, I'm like, I'm having the same issue. And then I'm talking to you. It's like, we're having the same issue. And it's just, a, it's just doing business. It's the challenge of scaling. It's the challenge of scaling. It doesn't matter what that, point you're at. That's ultimately what it is, man. Because I think, I, think, I think for us, in order for us, I mean, there's levels to every business. Yep. Right? For reglazing, um, we started just like everyone else has started. Right? Answering the phones. Right? Doing the work, right? Spraying. Um, true owner operator. True, true owner operator. But I think we, we hit a plateau a couple years ago. We hit a plateau where the, just the, it didn't it didn't make sense anymore, right? It wasn't it just wasn't operating the way it was, right? We were still having struggles. We were still having problems. Uh, they weren't major problems, but in order to get to that next level, we had to get a grenade and say, okay, hold on, this isn't working. Blow it up, take the risk, maybe definitely lose some money, mm -hmm. right? But in order for us to take 10 steps forward, we had to take five steps backwards. Yeah. And that's ultimately what we did. And we, we, we blew it up, we, we stepped back, we, the way we train people, how we're training them, the pay structure. Now we're starting to, to make bigger leaps forward now. And it's going better now. And it's, it's going better. Okay. I got a question. The grenade. Whose idea, whose concept was the change? And what, what made you come to the conclusion on how to go about the change? So, I think, I ahead, mean, ultimately, I mean, I think it was an idea of mine and my sister's, um, who's a, another partner in the business, because she does all the financials, and it was just getting harder and harder. And, like, you guys work with commercial properties. They don't pay. I mean, sometimes they don't pay 60 days, 90 days, 120 days. I mean, yeah. You're chasing them down. Sometimes it just doesn't matter. But, we were talking about that yesterday, too. Yeah. But our technicians, I mean, obviously, or your employees, they want to be paid when Maybe. payrolls do. Yeah. Yeah. And it was becoming, like, harder and harder and harder to breathe. And, like I said earlier, they were wanting more and more and more. And 
it just came to a point where we put it on paper and it was like if we change the structure after meeting with lawyers and everything if we pay if we change the structure of how we're paying them it's going to be more beneficial to everyone in the long run and it sucked because you have some employees that were very valuable employees right and you hope they would be on board and see the bigger picture um but unfortunately some of them didn't and it, at the end of the day, like he said, it's kind of business. Kind of used to it. Yeah, it's business, and you had to throw the grenade in there and take the losses to get a lot more wins for everybody in the future. Not just us, but employees too. It became like we weren't able to spread the money al- amongst everybody. It was just for the technicians. I mean, the office staff, uh, other you know people. It, there was just nothing to share anymore. Yeah. So you guys were you guys were running a real business. What did you right. want to say? Go ahead. I had a quick question to you, and the question was basically towards your high air, your higher end guys. Mm-hmm. How was it letting go of your higher end guys? Oh, it hurt. It's still hurting. I mean, like you said, we're in a reconstruction mode, and before we did it, it was a year in the talking. Like we talked about it. Like I said, we didn't just do it and say, "Well, we have a great idea. Let's so this do was this." Time coming. Yeah, it yeah. was about a year that we first discussed it, and then. You know, we met with lawyers, made sure that we're doing everything right because, you know, it's the state of California. And, yes. <laughs> you know, made sure we were We've doing heard. everything right. And then we kind of weighed out, like, how is it going to hurt us? And timing is everything for us. You know, like you have your, your peak season and then you have your, your season where, you know, it's not so busy anymore and you can take a loss. And we tried to launch it at the time when... It was a slower season so that when the hit came, we were able to, to do that restructuring. So, so, so to be very clear, fellas, I was against it, right? Because, you know, just, just because I, I, you get to the point where like, fuck, man, it's working. What yeah. we're doing yeah, is working. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and much credit to her and my sister-in-law where they were just like, mainly her, it was like, no, dude. No, no, no. Let's let's sit down. Let's let's put all the numbers on paper. Is it right? going to work in the future? Yes, yes. So ultimately, the we were bleeding, bro. We were bleeding. We were we were we were starting to bleed. I was right? talking. To it Danny. wasn't making it wasn't making no sense anymore. Margins, right? So you can gross revenue whatever, mm-hmm. but what's left after expenses and overhead? Yeah. And that was yeah. the main thing. It's like. For me and my sister, who you know really sat down with the numbers and everything, for us it made sense. But to to a person in his position is like it's working. The you know the machine's going, and you know we have work on the schedule every day, where he doesn't see like the actual profit to loss type of things. Like it's just money's coming in, and the schedule has a lot of money on it, and that's the part that that he sees. But internally, we were seeing like. We behind. can do the same amount of money behind the curtain, but have a lot less, you know, expenses going out yeah. where we can be a lot more profitable and it's going to take a hit. So to answer your question, I mean, we, we kind of knew what we were going into before we did it. And after we, you know, sat down with paper and everything, we said, OK, this is the time we're going to launch it. And we were prepared to take about a six month hit yeah. because obviously if you're going to let go of the majority of your technicians there was one or two that stayed you know loyal but if you're going to let go of everybody or take the loss of them choosing to stay or go for better words um you had to know that it was going to hurt yeah right financially so we sat down and we said we're going to take a hit we're going to know that we can't schedule as much we're going to know that we're going to have to say no to clients 
in order to get to where we had seasoned technicians so again that can do quality work. We went, we went from being able to schedule, like if someone called today, Tuesday, right? When, you have them there when, tomorrow. We, we would have someone there tomorrow. Now we're going from today to next week, Tuesday, is our soonest, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So what happens with all the people who are used to that? Yeah. You know, naturally, they're going to, hey, they got to go somewhere else, right? So ultimately, that, that, that was the hurt, right? Because we built a reputation over the last six, six years. Let's was, get that now. So I actually did something similar, and I was saving it for the podcast, but we've talked about it a little bit before. So I had a project where this happened and I recognized it. It's like, are we working? Yes. But we're overpaying the fuck out of the production, the guys. And uh, after the project hit, I, I just I realized that trying to cash flow a project, that scale, the way I was doing it, yeah. uh, was hurting the business. So I, we let everybody go except for one guy. And I changed the pay scale on him. I was like, look, I can't pay you this. I could pay you this. And it's going to be hourly now. And it's not. So what we used to do is we'd pay people per day. So it was like, if you show up and you do what's on the schedule, you will get a guaranteed this. But sometimes you show up and it's just a tub. Sometimes it's a tub and tile and maybe a shower or whatever. And uh, that worked until it didn't, right? Okay. Until, you know, you have three or four guys and then suddenly Miss Jones cancels. And you have the guy working on a two-day job. Yeah. Now, what? You don't have anything for him? Or he comes in and let's say he comes in to work and, and that job now is 16 hours. You're paying him for something that might have moved or canceled or rescheduled. Yeah. And, and now you have to pay a guy, you know, 16 hours worth of work in a job that really just takes nine hours. Like, it, it, it started becoming very convoluted. Especially with, so I, I recognized it with the project early on because... What happened was the hotel was pulling the rug from under us. Like, hey, I know you're here already, but these rooms aren't ready for you. So what did I do? The guy showed up. Yeah. So now I got to, I was, bro, I, I've said it before. I lost over $100,000 trying to keep people afloat so we could finish the project. It's paying them to do bullshit shop work. I didn't have the residual work. Now would be probably a different situation because I could probably pull things together and make it happen. But, um... But it was tough. And that would have ate at your margins anyways. It would have. But that was, a, like, just to, just to be clear, it was a third of what we had liquid that went to doing that. And, uh, and like you said, you know, some of these guys would get upset that I was just putting them to do shop work. Like, it was beneath them. Some of these people, they get greedy. They become assholes. You know, it's like, hey, bro, it's better than nothing. They don't see the struggle going on on the yeah. other side. So... We, they nor do they care. They, they never yeah, will. They never will. So we brought it back down to, to, to one, and we rebuilt around him. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes you just got to do it. It's a difficult decision, but you have to do it. I got a question for Michelle. Uh, now that you guys have changed the employment structure, are you deciding to change how much you charge per job? So if, you, if you're going to reduce production, are you going to increase prices? So... We always increase prices every year. I mean, that's just something that we do just in the industry. And I wish everybody in the industry would do this because if we all stuck together and did it, like it would make it so much easier for everybody, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, so I mean, we always... That's just standard. That's just standard, yeah. But I think 
We started believing in ourselves a little bit better and knowing that risks are, are okay. It's scary to take a risk, especially with what we did. And it ultimately, like, we've gotten a little bit braver with what our worth is. You know, before we would do, like, you know, sometimes we have properties that we would do the tub for, like, $400, and now we're like, that's craziness. Like, well, why would we do that? So, you know, I had a realization that was similar, and I, I, had to, I had to really sit down and think, like, is it worth it? And you know what I thought about? If Susan down the road said, I'll pay you $400 for a tub in a month, would you say yes? No. And these, these apartments and hotels will wait a month around with your money. And the, Susan is probably the one that's not going to pay you. Yeah. Susan's probably the one that you're going to have to write off because you gave her that tub. I would rather have the people that don't balk at, the, at what I'm charging, mm-hmm. or maybe balk a little bit, but that you know can pay the bill than then do work for these people that are, you know, trying to haggle you and get you the, get the price down. And at the same they, time, they won't pay you. And then, they, you know, yeah, yeah, they take, like, 300 days to pay. I mean, we have some clients that are still on the payables right now that you yep. did that for in the past, and, you know, unfortunately, it's 365 days later, and they're still not paying you. Yep. And in the refinishing industry, your hands are tied. Like, what are you going to do? I don't have your social security number. I'm not really realistically <laughs> going to go look for the owner of... But you, know, you will. You I, will. I, I, she I, will. I, I, she I, will. It becomes, it becomes personal to me, but I have different issues. But. Hey, when I tell you she's my hawk, she is my hawk, bro. <laughs> so, man, you know, um, we, we were talking off air. Um, so, repeat the question. I think it was a little hard. Oh, I'm sorry. Say again. I want to talk about how Michelle's taking over the rings at Alliance. So, 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 great question, brother. So, for the last three years, I've been really focused on uh, helping Ace grow. Yep. Right? So, I was, I think, overly involved with Alliance, right? You know, very passionate, right? Very, oh, we got to do this, man. We're not doing enough. You know, I don't care what you're doing. You got to do more. You know, how come you're not going? You're at work at 8 o'clock. You should be there at 7 o'clock, Right? Driving her crazy, driving my sister-in-law crazy, driving everybody around me crazy. But for the last two years, (laughs) the last two years, man, you know, I've I've been focused with my other partners with Ace, and Ace is really, like, literally the rocket that's taken off to the moon. And um, I literally, not not me, but her, took all the responsibilities away for, for Alliance, and she's really gravitated to the leadership, right, Man, you know, with the other partners, you know, with the guys setting up all the structure. So this is this is my partner in crime, right? So before I talk to my other partners, I, I, I literally just go straight to her, like, hey, how's how's this doing? What's this doing? You know, this is my input, right? Whether you take it or not, this is what I would do. This is how I would do it. She takes that and she takes it over to the meeting over there with Alliance and implements it. So she's taking over all the leadership. That's a really like that's a beautiful dynamic because so like I, I talked about to him and I but I haven't talked about it on the podcast much as I'm finally being able to step out of the role of you know being heavily into the operations into the lead flow into all that stuff because uh, I want to build something else yeah. you know I still want this I still obviously want to be involved in it but you ne- you can't necessarily have a hundred percent of your attention on this because no. this other thing requires more attention right now. Yeah. And so you might have been blinded by some of the issues that she saw 
because you have this thing going and it's going good, could be better. Yes. But this thing over here is going super well. Yeah. So in the grand scheme of things, everything just is good. Everything's great. But you got another set of eyes on it yes. and you're like, wait, this isn't sustainable. You know, and, and, and I think before, before I was trying, like my hardest to do both, bro. I was trying to be here, I was trying to be there, I was trying to do this, I was trying to do that. Stretching yourself. You know, <laughs> you know, causing more aggravation to myself. Yeah. Until finally she's like, dude, dude, just. Yeah, I think like you and him are very similar. He's an entrepreneur. So his mind is like constantly going. I joke with him all the time. Like I'm gonna do a TikTok, I'm an entrepreneur's wife, right? Yeah. Because yeah, like, yeah. I could get up at four and it's still not early enough. Why don't you get up at two? You know, it's like constant. and. Sometimes I think with him, his mind is constantly going. He's constantly having all these ideas that he wants to, I tell him, like, your hand in the pudding. Your, yeah. hand, is, your hand is in everybody's pudding. And it doesn't need to be there. But, and it causes chaos everywhere. I'm going to tell you why, though. Because, and you, you were part of it, too. But this is our, these things are our babies. And he tells me that all the time. And I tell him, but you pick partners for a reason. For sure. At some point, you need to trust that that we're doing what we need to do. And sometimes you come in and you want, because in your head your idea is better, because it's your baby, mm -hmm. you want to switch up what that person's doing or what their role is, and then it just creates chaos for everybody. Yeah, for sure. And especially with him trying to do two businesses. Like, he's got his hands full with Ace and he's got his hands full with Alliance. And in terms, you're not being as effective as you could be. Exactly. So, so you're stretching yourself so thin that you're doing everything, lack of better terms, half-assed. Yeah. Because you're so thin in every department that you're, you're just not being as effective as you could be. So really quick before you, you, you have your point. So this is like for a lot of people out there that are owner-operators that want to fucking do everything themselves. I always say one thing suffers in service of the other. If you're spraying the bathtub and not answering the phone, you're not you're not doing as good and you might feel you like, yeah you might feel like you're balancing everything but you're not yeah. something is suffering in service of the other thing so that's a hundred percent right what were you going to go ahead and say you took the words out of my mouth brother. yeah so it's the first step to building a legacy right yeah so like it's the first hand down or hand over of of responsibility and of real power yeah you know you know you know what i want to man you know like for me like I said it before, man. Like I, I, I want to win. Yep. I, I want to be a part of a team that is winning. Understand what it takes to win, right? Like I listen to some of these guys on the, on the Facebook page that we, we follow. Like I see some of these guys are still owner operators, right? Twenty years in. But what I'm saying is, dude, technically that's a job, bro. You're not. You're not. You're you not own a job. You own your point. job at that point, man. It's like, well, what are you doing to get out of that? Right, and a lot of people are like, "Well, I just don't want to hire nobody. You know, I don't want to deal with the headache." But that's part of it. They don't want to take risks. Part, part, part of part of getting to this level and then getting to the next level is dealing with them, man. Yep. Having to hire people, having to supervise them, having to manage them, having to lead them. Mm -hmm. Right, it is part of so, it. You know, you guys were talking about Miracle Method earlier, and we all know we've heard it. Oh, I got my tub done by Miracle Method, and it sucked, and I paid this much money. You know, obviously, they're like professionalism and quality of work is inherent. What gets Miracle Method to the level that they're a giant franchise? It's the other things that everybody else is failing at, bro. They didn't answer the phone. I'm calling the next person. 
they're, you know, this person uh, is, is taking three days to do something that should take one. You know, they, they don't have a QC guy going behind and finding the things that might need to be addressed before the customer. Though these are all things that are difference makers, especially in commercial. So, you know, we don't have a dedicated QC guy, but today is QC day at a project because it, it just wouldn't have worked any other way. There was an issue, it needs to be addressed, and we're, we're getting it addressed. Uh, but some of these guys, you know, if you're one man show and you're booked out for three months, what are you going to do? You know, the first thing I would tell anybody paying attention that's a reglazing is you have to build a system. Yep. You have to. If you don't have a system, then you're never going to be able to, to, to get to the next level, right? Michelle and I are here because we're here and the business is still running. It's still making money. It's still being profitable. There's people out there. There's, we have a technician. We have multiple technicians. We have someone answering the phone. We have someone doing the quality control. Right? We have someone sending us email if it's higher than their pay grade to, to answer any of those questions. But yeah. in order to get to the next level, in order to compete with the miracle method, you have to develop a system. Yeah, because at the end of the day, the, what differentiates us is the systems. You know, you, the, like at the end of the day, what we're offering people is a solution, right? But you, the solution doesn't begin and end at making my tub look pretty. The other guys aren't answering the phone. What's the solution? Someone's going to fucking answer the phone. Like... It, it, we're not getting enough commercial work. We're going to have somebody go out there and get the fucking commercial work. Like, and if you're not firing on all cylinders and you're wondering why in 20 years, you know, you're going to retire, uh, you know, off Social Security, living in a rented room or some shit, it's because you never thought about the other side. Some of these guys are so focused on making the bathtub build like a fucking Lamborghini that they, they don't sit that back and realize that you, you need to be doing these things to scale and to grow or else you're just going to be stuck. And a lot of these people are afraid of risk. And what I said and what we were talking about in the car ride over here is, um, you know, like, what's the worst that can happen? You'll still be at zero. So, but the, the, the crime is not trying. Yeah. And, and, and that's why people... That's a big crime. They live with regret. You know, I should have done this and I should have done that. And I should have gone to that networking event. And it's like, the only person that kept it was you. And at that point, who's your biggest competitor? Yourself. And that hurts more than literally anything else. Of course. And when you, so, you know, at, like realistically, and, and me and Carlos are cool, but Carlos, if he wouldn't have turned it on how he's been turning it on this year, would be one of those. And he knows it. He talks about it all the time. It's like, I cannot believe how deep I was into this. I'm not worth that much. I'm not, uh, you know... Like, who the hell would want to listen to me talk about a bathtub? Self-soaking. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, he would have ended up being one of those fucking guys. But all it takes is going and taking the fucking risk. And most of the time, you live, you learn, you do it a couple times, and it'll start to work out for you. Um, but, and, and that same risk goes to someone like me who, you know, I look at you and I'm like, I, I got to give the control to somebody else at some point. Because... Again, exactly. I know. Don't get me wrong, man. Like we talk about it good now, but it 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 still takes a while. It's an adjustment. It's an adjustment, bro. Because I'm 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 a hands-on dude, right? And if I feel like we're fucking losing, bro, it drives me bananas, bro. Yeah, me too. But I think it's important that we, like me and him, we remind each other, like. 
we talked about this for a year. We knew it was going to be like this. Yeah. Um, even with my partners, Crystal and Richard, I tell them all the time when we think like, oh, God, this is, the, this is the, the worst decision we ever made. We have to remind each other, like, we knew it was going to be like this, guys. We knew it was going to be hard. It's not going to happen overnight. Like, with risk comes time to, like, you know, get things back in order. And, and, and for a lot of people, like, it's not just about throwing shit against the wall and letting it stick. It's so, calculated risk, so, too. So, so you guys understand, when, 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 when she, when I say she, like, she, she said, basically, dude, shut up. Yeah. I need you to believe in me, right? I need you to fucking put your hands in your pocket and just let me do what I see, uh-huh. right? And that was pretty much me at the beginning, like, telling my other, my other partners and her, hey, hey shut up. I know Trust. what I'm doing. Trust, Trust me. me. Right? So when she came at me with that same ambition and that same look, like, I, I, I freaked out. But I was like, dude, if I would be terribly wrong if I stopped her from doing something that was going to benefit not just us, but the whole business in general. And she showed right? me in numbers. And, and she showed me in numbers. Mm-hmm. So that's when I, it was hard for me to just bite my lips. But the first month after we did it, you know, we, we went from, like, averaging about 270 down to 200, right? And that was a big hit, bro. That's a big fucking hit, right? And I'm, you know, oh, my God, I'm biting my nails, bro. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, you know, this, but she's like, first one to say, just, just, we got to ride this wave. Well, you know, it's right now, we're still, we're in the slow season, right, Danny? And you just fucking breathe, stay out of my way, and just trust that this is going to happen, right? So, our numbers for January kind of bounced up a little bit. We were anticipating a much lower drop in January. In fact, they kind of risen in comparison to what we thought we were going to make, right? So I told her, that's when I told her, hey, I'm putting my hands up, I'm going to step back, and I'm going to let you take over the wheel. Yep. He still comes in every once in a while. Well, it's interesting because if me and Danny's partnership is very similar. Right, so I adopted Danny's brand, which yeah. is Danny's baby, something that Danny's been building for years. And through our relationship, you know, obviously we're not married, but we're, we're close friends, yeah. and that's what led us to the partnership. And there's a certain level of responsibility and trust that he has in me. We talked about it off air, you know, how do we deal with subs and not stealing contracts? And there's a certain level of trust, and I find it interesting, like, I wonder sometimes as Danny's partner how he deals with that relinquish of responsibility on me representing his baby and, and trusting in me to uphold that brand standard or the vision. And, you know, you guys are different because although you may have started the business, you know, and started the branding, she was there from the beginning. I walked into Danny's baby already developed, right? And, and he, had to take, he had to make a decision when I approached him on the partnership uh, on whether or not to trust me and whether or not to, to, to relinquish some responsibility. And, you know, me and Danny are constant communication, bro. I, I, I uphold his business like it's my own yeah. because cause it truly is. And, 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 yeah, you know, is. and, you know, bro, to, that, that right there, that's like one in a million, bro. Yeah. Right? You don't, you don't get that. I, I, don't, I don't get that. Funky chicken, where you come from, bro. But that, what you just said, that's like a one in a million person right there. Bro. Well, that was my question to you off air. It was like, how do you guys trust each other? Because, I mean, w- we wish in California we could find somebody in the Bay Area that would be like, hey, 
I'll give you some extra work, you give us some extra work when you have it. We'd love to work together. But I think for the us, problem is, is we can't find anybody that, that gives you that sort of yeah, trust. Yeah, that, like, they'll just steal the contract right from under you, and you're just like, you know. So I think uh, th- it was just a right place, right time kind of scenario. Yeah. We've told the story, but we met on this podcast. So something told Jonathan to get his ass over here. Right? Or, well, you know, back in Orlando. I'm tired of spraying fucking tubs. And, and, and <laughs> after the conversation, we got to talking, and I really just, it was right after I did my grenade. I fucking knew everything. Then I, I come over, and I, I get a call from someone in Puerto Rico, and I land a project worth 93K, and I need people, because I, I have learned the lesson of all your eggs in one basket. I don't want to send my whole operation over there. I was back down to... At that point, we had already gotten my second tech again. So we were building back up, but I needed the people. And he, he wanted that experience with co- a commercial job. So we talked about it. We came to a number that made sense, and I got to really know him. So I got to, I, not and just the, that. The number didn't matter to me as much as the opportunity. And he told me I needed me someone to gamble on me. The building. Exactly. Building I needed him to gamble on me, and, and I think our morals aligned. Yeah, and our values align. That's beautiful. So we 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 yeah. talked a lot, and like you said, it was it's a one in a million. That's faith, right there, man. Well, yeah. Faith just happened. What, what are the what are the chances that I'm the only one that does the bathtub one. podcast, and he's an hour away? One percent, bro. And 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 it just made sense, and his crew was available, and so you know, I got to know him. I got to know his family, and I, and I see I, I see the type of people there are. There are people who are go getters, and people that make shit happen. And his, his family's like that. You know, you know I, I, I'm a big person on manifesting, bro. Yep. Right? I, I really, I, I, I am, man. My whole life, you know what I mean? I, I can go into detail, but I think that happened because you, you worked your way at it, bro. Yeah. You grinded. Well, you, you, you went through your ups and your downs and yep. your questioning and your, I, I want to give up and fuck, this is not working. And you put, that work. you, you put, you put in that work, so yeah. just, bam, marriage. It just happens, bro. It just, I believe that there's a reason for that, man. And, That's awesome. And I, I think about often, like, what if I didn't start the podcast and I didn't have the people and I just, like, would have had to, like, what would it, it could have been a catastrophe. I come back, you know, momentum in sales, you know, telling people, telling every customer for three weeks because you literally have nobody that you can't serve them and then you come back. Well, then all the money you made is done. Yeah. All the money yeah. you made over there is fucked because now you come back to nothing. And you, and you got to rebuild momentum, and it's really hard. Um, so, you know, I just got to know him better, and eventually, you know, we were talking. I was helping him with his business that, you know. Yeah, before we ever discussed partnering, it was, it was friendship and mentorship. Yeah, right? so, on both sides. Yeah, on both sides, because we were in Puerto Rico, you know, nights after the project, talking about my children and where I want to be in life, and he's talking to me about his girlfriend and where they want to be in life and this legacy that he wants to build. And I, I, believe, I believe we really took the step forward when Danny came on the podcast, right? And we were like, we were looking at where we could be one day, and me and Danny were you both... you guys partner up was exactly what he said. He didn't say <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, because we were, we were doing the podcast thing together. Uh, he, you, were, you were help guiding me through the marketing aspect, which I had no experience in at the time. Which, I, mind you, he was, a comp- he was in, in my area because he didn't know how to hone in his service area. Yeah, I was, so I was helping a competitor. We were, we, we serviced, we were serv- and we still do, because this, this journey ain't over. Uh, I service 60-mile territory. Yeah. I'm not telling you no. Yeah. If you're going to hire us, we're going to fucking drive to wherever you need us to get that tub done because 
we have to make it, right? So right now, we're, we're by no means, on my end, solidified, right? So we're still grinding, we're still hustling. Um, but I, I took the opportunity to approach Danny and after you came on the podcast, and, and it made sense, I was like, bro, I was like, I can either hold on to this, this vision that I'm gonna accomplish all this by myself and I don't need help, or, which I, I could do, I, I believe in myself, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. You know, it was just, to, let's get to the fucking point. I was like, Danny, you built a legacy and you built a, a, a brand that I think has potential. And I was like, and I bring something to the table. I got guys, I have experience. I was like, let's partner, let's do this shit. And Danny thought about it. And then I could see the, like the hesitation because you're handing over your, yeah. your child to this, in, in, in simpler terms, some fucking subcontractor. Bro, you know I, what I mean? I hate to, to, to interrupt you, but I got to use the restroom. Yeah, you're good. No, let's take it. Go ahead. Sorry. Bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> let's, let's talk to Michelle. <laughs> well, we're also 36 min, minutes in. If you want to cut it, we can start. Yeah, we'll start a new one. Wait, 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 wait. Actually, the yeah, questions are going to go for her. Okay. I got some questions for you. Oh, no. Hey, wait, real quick. Jonathan, can you move that table so that the boom arm is, like, at the back? So that it's not, yeah, it's covering your face a little bit. So this question is actually from my wife. That's good. And uh, her question is. What employees would you never want to be without to run a profitable business? You're Marketing, financial, accountant, or do you have a system set in place that handles all that for you? I think that last, that last aspect of it was already answered, but what would you not be able to live without? Marketing, financial assistant, or, or what, what person that when you guys threw that grenade, you just, there was nothing, you couldn't get rid of this person. Well, obviously, you can't function without technicians, right? Technicians Absolutely. are your main core. But I think maybe our office staff. I would, our, I would probably agree with that. Our office staff is, that's one thing that all of our partners have agreed with, just answering that phone. If you can't answer that phone, yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody that can take the order, that can help you right away, that can make sure that you feel like you're taken care of. And a lot of the times there's people that will call and be like, well, I just got a quote for, you know, blah, 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 like $200 cheaper. You got to fight for that. Yeah. And I'm like, well then no respectfully go with them, you know, but you're not going to get somebody that's going to answer your phone. You're not going to get somebody that's going to go back the next day. You're not going to get somebody that you're not going to be able to get a hold of. Yeah. You know, go with that person. If they gave you a lifetime warranty, like, High five. You're, you're providing like, real value. Yeah, we're providing value to you. And our office girls are amazing. Like, Natalie, on top of everything, and Adriana is, like, just her right-hand person. So, Shout out Natalie and Adriana. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I, I would say, I mean, yeah, our office staff. Because yeah. it allows yeah. us to do what we need to do, too. The, like, uh, the other important stuff. Because it's all important. Right. Because, there's, I mean, there's always something on the back end that Like what you said to me off air, you need that. Like some at some point you have to know that it can't all be techs. It can't all be guys in the field producing. There has yeah. to be a management structure, and you have to be willing to take the cost to manage the operation. Right. Yeah. And one, one one of the oldest mantras in business is that time kills deals. If you let people float around when they hit for you, sure. they will. Some people just they'll go for the first person that answered the phone because they called three people in your area who didn't pick up. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be the difference one. Like, you want to be the different one. You want to yeah. be the, the one that stands out. I've Honestly, lost leads because yeah. of that. And if people don't want to pay that, I mean, like, is that really the client you want? Exactly. Like, if you're going to have somebody that's going to keep you on the phone haggling over $200, like, You can say bye to them. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, those, those are just the type of people that are going to keep you on that job site 
again and again and again because they're just not happy. Hickey. At the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean to answer her question, the office staff. In other words, Liz, you're so important. <laughs> she is. She is. Yep, I mean, exactly. Oh, yeah. People She's that care. People that, mm-hmm. that like to answer the phone. People that that have the company in mind answering them. Yeah, they're, they're invested. Yeah. 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 That that's one of those. Like, it's it's one of those undervalued things. A lot of people don't think about that. You know, but you know, when it comes to it, those that, that's the first line of communication is the office people. For sure. Yes. So you know, the first person they hear. Exactly. And usually the last person they hear. Exactly. And and if it's a new person, it, it, that's molding the uh, the perception of the brand, right? So it's really that is you know something that's really important that people should be taking into account. So in other words, your girls are very important. Absolutely. My girls are very important. She, Crystal's very important, right? Because Crystal's doing all the... Well, and now Alex now, he just jumped in on it. So, yeah, I absolutely feel you yeah. on that. You've been listening to the Bathtub Refinishing Podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to keep up with the Bathtub Guys on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Or visit bathtubguys.com for more. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.